Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. is a Saturday morning, the final Saturday before Election Day. What's up? Welcome into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today for a Saturday, getting you up and moving on another weekend. Are you excited? I'm excited. I know you're excited. You are giddy. You are sitting at the edge of your seat. You are shaking in anticipation with how excited you are to get out and vote on Saturday, on Tuesday next week. Or maybe you've already voted. In which case, I want to hear from you. 316-721-8255. 316721 talk if you want to join into the program. We have a lot to talk about, lots to get to today. A lot of guests we're going to be rolling through being the final program before Election Day. Coming up on the program, bottom of this hour, we have Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader, State Representative for District 100. He's going to join. We'll talk about the final push for elections, his outtake, his outlook, his predictions on what the election may look like going into Tuesday night. Top of next hour, Patrick Penn, state representative, another great guy here in the Wichita area. We'll have him on the program live in studio with us. And at the same time, we're going to tag team it between the state and the local races with Patrick Penn, state representative and candidate for Cedric County Commission, Ryan Beatty. We just heard from him first thing this morning, and he'll be swinging in with Patrick Penn at the same time to do a big push in there. Let's get that Lacey Cruz gal out of there. What do you say? Got a lot of work to do. If you've already voted, I want to hear from you. What was your experience like? I have some numbers we'll get to here in just a second as well. 316-721-8255. Also, we have a lot of other issues that we need to run through to make sure you're aware of them and you're familiar with the other ballot issues that will be on the ballot on Tuesday. The Constitutional Amendment here in the Wichita School Board area, USD 259. What is that going to look like? And a heck of a lot more. So lots to cover today as we make sure that you are ready to set and go on election day all of it presented by phil's coins 9344 west central avenue buying selling and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs make sure to check them out they are opening up here in about 20 minutes until 2 30 this afternoon they're also online at uh, philscoins.com make sure to go and check those guys out phil's coins buying selling and trading with all your gold and silver needs one of the few guys that actually has gold and silver on hand Right now, if you're trying to get it and you understand how difficult it is, make sure to go check out Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. As a little reminder for you as well, on Tuesday, if you do want to go out, you need to get registered for it. It is free, but at least let everybody know uh, for the headcount on who's going to show up to it. The Cedric County or the South Central Kansas, the 4th District Election Party for the GOP hosted by Congressman Ron Estes and all the local elected officials on the Republican side. Going to be a great event on Tuesday night. I will be emceeing that event that night so you can hear both radio reports here throughout the night that I will be broadcasting live from there along with getting up and getting updates uh, throughout the night. So uh, I'm excited. It's going to be a big night. I have uh, just working with some of the campaigns in the area, scouting out areas and looking at yard signs, which I don't know if you've recognized or not. There have been less yard signs out than what normal elections are, which is kind of weird. So I don't know what's going on. Democrats especially have not had yard signs until really the last week or so, which tells me they didn't have a whole lot of money and they had to wait to pull the trigger until right at the very end to hopefully get a little bit of a bump because they haven't had as much of a support. So I think that's a good sign. 
I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm optimistic about the fact that the Democrats are in disarray. There are many races around here at the legislative level, at least, that have not had Democrat challengers, which is good news. They did not put out yard signs or mailers until right towards the end here, except for Governor Kelly, which I did hear a little tweet tweet some of the internal workings as well, that Governor Kelly, within the last week, to run for like the last four or five days, has sunk in another $3 million in TV ads alone just for the last five days of the election. Now, if that's not a sign, if that's not a sign, I don't know what is, because that would tell me that she is absolutely desperate. Now, the latest polls from Emerson Poll uh, polling that comes out that came out, I believe, on Tuesday or Wednesday this week, showed that she was up by about three points. Now, take polls with a grain of salt or a pinch of salt because it's going to be a lot closer than that one. It showed that she was up three points over Derek Schmidt, and Dennis Pyle, the independent candidate trying to sabotage the Republicans, is sitting right around 45 to 5%. I do not believe that is accurate. I believe that uh, it is really close and close within a one-point margin for Derek Schmidt or Laura Kelly. I think that Dennis Pyle is a lot lower than the 5% right now. I do not think people are buying into what he's trying to sell is being Mr. Conservative and how Derek Schmidt's Mr. Rhino. I asked before that if he really wanted to run and be the candidate to really change things and be conservative, then why didn't you challenge Derek Schmidt in the primary election? It's not about trying to win as a conservative or do conservative things. It's really about trying to sabotage because you have a personal vendetta against him. That's my personal opinion. Take it as you will. But with that race, I believe that polling is skewed. As it has been, look at the national polls. For the last two months, we've seen the fact that, well, Republicans may take the House, but they're not going to take the Senate. There's a 60, there's a 70% chance that Democrats will maintain at least a 50-50 split or a one vote up in the Senate uh, over Republicans after this election. Just in the last week, we've seen polls swap pretty dramatically to where now there's a 60% chance of Republicans gaining at least four to five seats in the Senate. They say they need two or three, which is exactly what they need. But I think that we're going to get Georgia. I think we're going to get Pennsylvania. I think we're going to get uh, Colorado even. I think we're going to get Idaho. Was it Idaho or Nevada? I think we're going to get all of these. I think that there is zero momentum or excitement on the Democrat side. And I'm extremely excited to see how this is going to turn out. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. Looking at some of the national polls as well, especially down in Georgia, where they've had two million people show up to vote already. Shows that there's a lot of excitement. They're breaking records for early person in-person voting, which really goes against the entire narrative from Stacey Abrams and that hack progressive down there saying that, well, all the new voter laws are deterring people from coming out and voting, which is why we have a record turnout so far. So uh, well done on that one. But I think that people are excited to get Brian Kemp in there. I think they're excited to get Herschel Walker in there, along with some of the other local races across Georgia. But here in Kansas, we are very fortunate to have a great Republican team. Derek Schmidt, as I've said before, has run a fantastic campaign. We have a great down ticket ballot. With uh, Chris Kobach as the Attorney General, uh, people may like him, may not like him, but you know what? He is a he is a fired up individual. He is a legal expert, and he's going to, if nothing else, challenge everything the Biden administration is doing is in court. Over and over and over again, almost like the attorney general down in Texas, which is what we need. Essentially, you sign an executive order. It's unconstitutional. We're going to uh, we're going to stall it in court. 
that, that every single thing you do, we're going to stall it in court. We're going to make you stagnant. We're going to make you a lame duck. We're going to make you completely irrelevant because we're going to handle things at our state level since you obviously can't handle things at the federal level. We need someone like that, and Chris Kobach will be absolutely perfect to make that happen. Steven Johnson, as he that was a pretty tight battle that he had in the primaries for the treasurer seat. He's a great individual, and hopefully he'll win on Tuesday. We'll get him back on the show again soon as well, handling the finances for the state. And then we have our legislature, which we'll talk with Dan Hawkins about here in just a little bit, where we could be up near five more seats in the Republican side, breaking that 90-vote threshold well above what we need for a veto override. So God forbid we still get Kelly in as governor. We can at least override everything that she does. While she claims to be the moderate, imagine what a progressive left-wing Democrat candidate governor is going to do when she doesn't have to worry about getting reelected again and she can go as far left as she possibly wants. She's going to have to be forced to work with Republicans when we gain more seats in the Senate and we gain more seats in the House of Representatives. And then she realizes that we can just override every single thing that she tries to veto. She's going to be forced to try and work with us and forced to move back to the center. So uh, worst case scenario, at least that's good news. Hopefully we don't have to go down that road because if Derek Schmidt's in office, then guess what? Within the first month of the legislative session, we could pass everything easily and smoothly without Republican obstruction, without Democrat obstruction, and we could actually be productive in our state and get things back on track. Aren't you excited? See, that's a good way to start the program. I think that we're uh, we're pretty optimistic here on the show. Now, if you have any questions about the constitutional amendments, we will run through them briefly as well throughout the show today. Between the two of them, the oversight on the executive branch and the sheriff's issue, USD 259, the school board, if you live within the Wichita school district area at all, this does affect you, and we will cover that one as well. I find it ironic. Alicia Thompson, the superintendent for USD 259, has announced her retirement after this school year, which is hilarious because she's threatened that when the conservative candidates uh, were running for the school board and she said she was going to leave if the conservatives ended up getting on the school board because she wasn't going to work with them. Guess what? They got on, not all of them, but at least we have a, you know, kind of a 50-50 split with conservatives on the school board now. And now she's announcing her retirement. So thank you for the service. But I see right through you. I know exactly what you're doing. You're tired of working with conservatives, challenging the the narrative and the status quo on the school board for UST 259. So <laughs> I am interested and intrigued by this vote, though. And I want to have a deep discussion about this vote with the uh, whether uh, the changing of the electoral process for the school board members is this coming up because of conservatives changing up the narrative on the school board, or is this actually going to be beneficial? I, I got to admit, luckily, I don't live in the USD 259 school district now, so I don't know. I want to get your input on it, on whether it's a good vote or a bad vote. I it, uh, Theoretically, it sounds nice, but the fact that this, the teachers union is on board with it makes me a little skeptical because they don't like the new school board members there. So I'm kind of up in the air on that one. And I want to get your thoughts on it. So with that, we have a lot of calls on the line already to kick off the show. So let's go ahead and do this at 316-721-8255. Lots to talk about. Lots, obviously, to get to here for a Saturday right before Election Day here in Kansas. And this is your home. This is your beacon of light. This is your talking point. This is your town hall right here to talk about these issues as we get into Election Day. Have you already voted? And are you excited about Election Day? Let's go to the phones here. Line at number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Going once, going twice. All right, we'll put you back on hold to try and get to you a second. Let's go to line number two. Good morning, who's this? 
What's up, dog? What's going on, Sean? How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm all right. Hey, um, you know, I should have filled out my ballot the day I got it, but instead I forgot about it for a few days. So Thursday morning, I head out to a restaurant. I go to leave. almost forgot the ballot, so I took it with me. I'm at the restaurant. Get to the restaurant, I get really agitated while I'm there because of all the background noise, you know, when I'm trying to fill out my ballot. And I get to the, the question about elected sheriffs. And okay. uh, the way I read the thing, uh, I thought it was uh, a vote. A uh, vote yes would mean uh, keeping things the way they've always been when it comes to electing county sheriffs. And then I thought I heard something on the radio yesterday about you know, vote no on it or something. Did I get, I voted yes. Did I, did I, uh, I get that wrong? Uh, no, no, you did well on that one. At least again, I'm not going to tell you how to vote, but my personal opinion is I will be voting yes on that issue with the sheriff. So what happens is yes. If you vote no, it keeps the way things are right now for now. But essentially what that means is that if there's an issue and the sheriff butts up against local county leaders or city leaders or whatever, that they can actually get rid of a county sheriff without your consent and vote. Voting yes on it uh, essentially means that we lock in and certify the fact that you get to vote on a sheriff to nominate them and represent the people based on a ballot vote for you voting on a sheriff. And if you want to recall a sheriff or get rid of them, you also have to put that on a ballot and have the community vote on it as opposed to just city leaders doing it on a whim. So I am supporting it. I am voting yes on it. So if you voted yes on it, then I think you'll be happy. Well, okay, then, oh, my, 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 uh, my huge ego has been saved, so... There you go. You are in good shape, my friend. So that that one and that and it's kind of tricky. It's kind of weird how they worded that one. But yes, I am a fan of this amendment and I will be supporting it. All law enforcement in Kansas has supported it. Uh, the ones that don't like this amendment are the ones that have been fighting law enforcement in court for years with, you know, the UCLA or the uh, uh, NCAA, NAACP or whatever other groups are out there. Uh, they've been the ones fighting law enforcement. Uh, law enforcement, however, does support this one and I will be as well. Well, they need to make these questions shorter and simpler to understand because they're 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 way too long, you know. And it it sounds like you know I'm uh, uh when I was reading it, I'm reading like the same thing twice, you know, because yeah. there's uh, more than one paragraph. It just you know it, it does tend to get confusing, especially when you're when you're uh, in agi- in an agitated state like I was. So, right. but uh, and then I don't remember how I voted on these. The thing about, I don't know if it was school board or... Well, there are two other ones. So there was another constitutional amendment regarding oversight on, uh, and this is, I think, like question one on the ballot, on questions on oversight for the executive branch, which, again, I will also be supporting and voting on because right now we saw it during COVID-19. The governor could just come out with the Department of Health and Environment and say, you know what, we're shutting things down for an emergency, and there's no oversight for the the legislature to say, wait a second, that's not right. You can't do that. That's unconstitutional. That's going to ruin the economy. Whatever. You can't just have that authoritative power to just sign on the dotted line and just shut down the economy so this constitutional amendment allows the legislature with a simple vote to override executive actions or to override decisions from the bureaucratic branches and all the agencies and departments and allow them to have oversight because you know hey they're the ones that actually represent the people in local districts and they should have more power than anybody else yeah i voted yes on that because i um 
essentially I'd gotten something in the mail about that. So, you know, vote yes. I read it. Sounded pretty simple. So I, why not vote yes to, uh, there you go. Sounds uh, like you had a, it sounds like you had a successful vote then across the ballot. Yeah. I took my ballot to, uh, the, uh, 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 Westlink Church of Christ. And I got there, uh, I went in about a few minutes after they opened the doors. And, uh, I tell you, man, it was pretty packed. Good. Kind of surprised. So, but I, yeah, I just, I was like, once again, I was the only one walking in there with a, with a ballot to drop off, you know, instead of standing and having to stand in line. I can't, I just can't do that anymore. My, with, with my back and, some other problems that just it's not possible but uh yeah i'm not um i'm a little bit concerned about the uh the senate races because i'm thinking that there's no way in hades that these these races should be as close as they are like between uh uh, uh, Dr. Oz and, uh, and Fetterman. Oh, yeah. Well, again, I, I think that those polls are trying to keep hope in the Democrats' eyes, but they're starting to shift and they're parting. To, they're starting to shift pretty dramatically in the polls, and that's really because, well, they were trying to keep the hope up for Democrats, but now they don't want their success rate to go down by over-exaggerating how good Democrats are going to be doing. So now they're starting to correct themselves going into it so they can say that they're 95% accurate uh, moving forward in other elections, which means that now they're starting to see Dem- uh, Republicans jump back up and do relatively well. It's all game. It's all politics. It's all the PR. It's all trying to rally the troops on the other side of the aisle. And uh, it's it's honestly kind of fun to watch. So, Sean, I appreciate that. I got to get some other calls here as we uh, get. Actually, I got to take a break in a second here. So, we got some other calls. Hang tight. But, Sean, I appreciate that, my friend. And congrats on getting that ballot in. Sounds like you had a successful time, indeed. All right. When we come back, we got some other calls on the line. We'll take you. I also got some early preliminary numbers that were reported yesterday from the Kansas Secretary of State's office on their predictions for voter turnout and with the numbers that we've seen for mail-in ballots, drop boxes, and in-person voting so far in the state. Right now, at least in one of those categories, Democrats are up. Does that mean they're up across the board for voter turnout early? And is that a cause for concern? We'll talk about some of that when we come back as well. It's Kansas Talk, the last one before Election Day right here on KQAM. Stay here. All right, 27 minutes past the hour as we move through a Saturday morning, getting you up and moving for the day. Let's try and go back to the phones here, shall we? 316-721-8255. If you want to join into the program, we'd love to hear from you. Have you voted? What's your thoughts on the issues? And a heck of a lot more. Line at number two. Good morning. Who's this? Hello? Very interesting. All right, give us a call back. We'd love to hear from you. I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know if it's a phone line issue or if uh, maybe you're listening to the radio as opposed to uh, through the headset. But give us a call back. We'd love to hear from you at 316-721-8255. So according to the Kansas Secretary of State's office, uh, he has come out with the vote uh, voter turnout predictions along with some of the advanced uh, voting numbers that we've seen so far in the state. As Secretary of State Scott Schwab predicts 53% of Kansas voters will participate in the upcoming 2022 uh, midterm elections across these states. Uh, that doesn't seem like a lot, but that is relatively high compared to other voter turnouts. That's sad, isn't it? Why why don't we see 80, 90% voter turnout? I mean, come on. You're registered to vote. You're a person that's inf- affected by, I don't know, interest rates and uh, inflation rates and tax rates and regulations. Why aren't you turning out and voting? 53%? It's a little pathetic. But nonetheless, 
I guess it's right on cue from what we saw in the 2018 data. Uh, prediction is based on several factors, they say, including historical turnout data, advanced bo- voting data, number of registered voters in the state, along with some of the competitive races and issues that are on the ballot right now. Here's the kicker for you to ponder right now. 154,000 advanced mail-in ballots have been sent to Kansas voters across the state so far. 91,000 have been returned in. And here are the number breakdowns. 44,000 for Democrats. 35,000 for Republicans, 300 for Libertarians, and just over 11,000 unaffiliated voters. In mail-in ballots, Democrats are leading Republicans. Is that reflecting to the in-person turnout so far? Are Democrats up so far in early voter turnout? Or is that just the mail stuff because they don't want to turn out to the polls because they're still scared of COVID? And are we turning out in masses actually in person? I don't know how many more Democrats there could be left in the state. <laughs> See what I did there? But nonetheless, it is a little bit concerning to us. When we come back right around the corner, Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader. We'll talk with him about his predictions on election time, on what's going on, the governor's race, the state makeup of the state legislature, and a heck of a lot more right around the corner here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. Stay here. Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It is the final episode before election season, and we had to get this guy on to talk about the good news. I'm excited. I'm optimistic about it, but the good news of what we're hearing, what we're seeing, and potentially what we could see going into the legislative session of 2023. From District Number One Hundred, right here in the Wichita area, and House Majority Leader, Mister Dan Hawkins, in studio. Dan, how are you, my friend? Good morning, Andy. How you doing? Doing great. Always good to chat with you. Yeah. I've heard you speak at a few different political events over the last week, uh, month or so, and it is optimistic to hear. Not only did we steer the Republican Party a little bit further right in the primaries, but we have a chance to actually win some Democrat seats in the Wichita area here and flip them red in this election coming up on Tuesday. Are you still feeling optimistic? Yeah, we do. Actually, uh, in southeast Wichita, we have, I believe it's District 86, which currently has a gentleman by the name of Chuck Schmidt, Mm -hmm. who certainly has some problems in his background. (laughs) Uh, We have a very good, solid Republican by the name of Sandy Pickert, who is running in that district. She's doing very well. Um, what was interesting is, uh, you know, Schmidt, when he retired from the uh, uh, superintendent's job that he had, or, or actually, I guess, back when he was a principal, he, 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 wrote a, he wrote a kind of a tell-all book. Okay. And if you go out there and look at what he said, you know, he talks about getting drunk at school and having to have his son come and pick him up. Uh, he even talks about having the girls the young the young ladies at prom prayed in front of him so he could tell them whether their dress was okay but he enjoyed the way they looked wow and so it was it was actually the words were a little bit different than that (laughs) i'm just not going to go to that level uh but chuck schmidt certainly has some problems in his background and hopefully the people of of that district realize that and pick a great candidate in in uh, Sandy Picker. And Sandy, yeah, we had Sandy on the show a couple of weeks ago, and it was optimistic to hear how, I mean, she was out uh, out and about on Saturday morning, knocking doors, talking to people, and she's getting great response. What do you think's causing those in those blue districts right now to start leaning towards Republicans? Is it maybe his personal issues? Maybe it's the economic issues? Maybe people are just fed up with the way things are going right now? Well, I think, number one, uh, they want to be represented by a good, solid, upstanding citizen. Yeah. Uh, so they want good representation. 
they they do you know inflation and and its effects on us is having a really uh, major impact uh, on certainly our state our county our city sure and and most of that inflation comes from none other than joe biden and and uh, laura kelly's policies so i think that people realize it's time for a change yep. and uh, certainly uh changing uh the representative in that district is a big deal that's going to be a big one. Overall, how many seats could we potentially gain in this election? You know, I'm predicting, uh, and it's kind of, you know, when we when we uh, finished the primary, I was I was thinking, you know, if we could pick up a couple of seats, uh, we'd be, be doing pretty well. Sure. Actually, I think that we'll do even better than that. I think we could pick four to five Democrat seats up, the one here in, in Wichita, and then four or five up in the Johnson and Wyandotte County area. Wow. Wyandotte County is a tough one, but we do have – one race on the west side of Wyandot County that does it's it's really pretty much an even third third third. Okay. Uh, and we have a great candidate there in that, and it's an open seat, so we think that we have a really good shot of winning that one. So it'd be unusual for us to have something in Wyandot, but I think we'll get it. Sure. But in Johnson County, we have a a crop of new candidates that are just amazing, and they're resonating with the folks up there. And what we're seeing in the door to door work, and also. In some of the surveys that's being done, that we're winning the message. We're, we're, we're doing very well in those districts, and we could see a massive pickup in Johnson County. That would be really good. That's been kind of our weak point for a long time, hasn't it? That's it predominantly has. Democrat, blue, I mean, Kansas City area-ish. I mean, that's where we kind of struggle as Republicans. Well, actually, it's not Democrat blue. It's actually Republican purple. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so actually, if you look at the registration in Johnson County, it's still a Republican county. It's just that some of those Republicans kind of lean more towards the liberal side of our of our party, and so it looks a little different than what it actually uh, what it actually is. You know, you would think it's kind of trending purple to blue, but but from the registration, we still have a huge Republican registration in, in Johnson County. It's just that they're leaning a little bit on the left side. Sure, that that is encouraging at least. That is encouraging. Now, if we gain those five seats or so, what would that put our total at in the House Representatives? We could be at ninety or ninety-one uh, wow. when we start next year. <laughs> right now, we're currently at eighty-six. So, uh, it would be it would be amazing for us to have those type of pickups and 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 be able to go in with with ninety or ninety-one folks. It, you know, when you think about passing a constitutional amendment, it takes two-thirds in the House and the Senate. Yeah. For the House, that means 84. And if we only have 86, we only have two to lose, which is the reason why sometimes we can't get some things done that we really want to get done. Sure. Um, you lose two and, and or three, and you can't get it done. Yeah. So, you know, if we're at 90 or 91, that gives us a lot better margin. And I think it gives us a, a, a huge opportunity in this next session to get some things done that we've been wanting to get done for a long time. Well, like you said, I mean, there were a couple, not only constitutional amendments, there were veto overrides from the governor last year that we just came short on just yeah. by a few because of some Republicans that didn't want to get on board and support some of these things. So having a 90-person Republican caucus in the House of Representatives, God forbid, let's say the Governor Kelly stays in office for the next few years, that would put us up to the level to where she would almost be forced to work with you guys on issues because she knows that whatever she did veto more than likely would get overridden. Well, number one, I want to tell the listeners, if anybody thinks, number one, that Laura Kelly is middle of the road, she's <laughs> she she's at best middle of the left side of the road. Yeah, She is not middle of the road. And anybody that thinks that if she wins... That she's going to be middle of the road? No, she'll never have to be elected again, and she will fly to the left so fast it's pathetic. She came to the right, uh, right of center in this in this 
in this session. She's this campaigned last session, as a Republican. She has. And the reason why? She knew she was up for election and she had to do that. Yeah. You know, just like just like her, we thought for sure she would veto the sanctuary city bill that we did. And she, she signed it. Wow. Why did she sign it? Because she knew she had to. She should have, if she was really going to do something, she should have signed the Fairness in Women's Sports. But instead, she vetoed that twice. And, and we hear, hear a lot of folks talk about Laura Kelly and how, well, she's not done such a bad job. Well, it depends on what you call a bad job or a good job. You know, I call shutting down churches on Easter a bad job. I call yeah. shutting down schools and sending our kids home and then having this massive health, uh, mental health problem that we've got with kids today. They, they missed a whole year of school. That was Laura Kelly at her best. You, that's not middle of the road. No, that is the left side. That was following Biden's, uh, you know, Biden's uh, deal. You know, so you know, there's many more things. You know, her vetoing uh, sales tax. You know, she went around and with her little hatchet, not an axe, but a hatchet, stalking people in the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. talking to people in grocery stores about axing the tax. Well, she vetoed that tax. If she wouldn't have vetoed that tax. We would be at zero food sales tax today. Right. But she vetoed it. Now, all of a sudden, it's an election year, and she wants it. Come on, folks. Yeah. She's campaigned as a Republican big time. Not only the two vetoes that she's done as governor, but the 20 years as a state senator where she's voted against the sales tax reduction Absolutely. as well. So it's Absolutely. been a long record of her promoting the typical liberal Democrat agenda. And then she has the TV edge running that she's moderate. She's not extreme right. She's not extreme left. She's just an average Kansan walking yes. right down the middle of the lane. And it, it makes me cringe thinking about this stuff because it's absurd. It is horrible. Uh, I When I when I look at those uh, ads, I just I just... I just cringe because I know the truth. I was there. I've seen it. I know the truth. But a lot of folks don't. So listen. Listen to those people who have been there. They'll tell you exactly what what Laura Kelly is. Matter of fact, if you read my my, uh, record that comes out this morning, you're going to see everything that I have written in a a short synopsis um, about Laura Kelly. We need Derek Schmidt. We need a new governor. We need a governor that will stand up for the people of Kansas, and he will. Yeah. You know, we, we wouldn't have had some of these situations if we didn't have Laura Kelly. That is true. And, and so, how, how well does she work with the legislature? I know, and I've heard stories from other legislators as well and House members of when Governor Brownback was in office that he was open to anybody. He knew everybody by first name. He, you guys had his cell phone number to call at any time. From your experience personally, how well has she worked with you with House leadership? So the majority leader, I'm the majority leader of the House of Representatives. I've been there four years in that position, and I've met with her twice in four years. So when she goes, <laughs> so when she goes on TV and tells about how she's this bipartisan governor and that she works across the aisle, it's a lie. Twice in four years. Kind of goes along with my moniker, Lion Laura. I've called her that over and over and over because it's a lie. It's a it's a downright lie when she says that she's bipartisan. In Kansas, we have a supermajority. You can't get anything passed without the Republicans. Yeah. So when she says I've worked with Republicans, no, she didn't work with us. She just had to sign what we sent her. It was us doing the work. It's not Laura Kelly doing the work. Yeah, she didn't lower the sales tax. No. She didn't pass the budget. She didn't do any of that. You guys are the ones, as Republicans, that are dominating the legislature. You got it done. She signed it, and now she's out on the campaign trail taking credit for it. That is a fact. And you know something? She takes credit for every single thing we've done. 
Wow. Except what she doesn't like, and then she doesn't take credit for that. But <laughs> but but if we do something she just absolutely doesn't like, she doesn't take credit. But anything good that we've done, and we've done a lot of good things in the last four years, a lot of good things, she takes credit for every one of them. And the only thing she did was sign her name to it. We did those things, not her. We did the sales tax on food, not her. While, while we were actually working on it, she was out going across the state, going to every grocery store that would have her, with her little hatchet talking about acts of tax. Well, she wasn't in on any of that stuff. Right. That was us. We've been working on that for years. Yeah. You know, we had we had one year where we brought it to as an amendment to the floor 12 times. And 12 times it was voted down. The Democrats voted against it, all of them. Right. Uh, those 12 times. And some of our Republicans voted against it. But we had 12 times where we brought it. And then we bring it to her twice, and she vetoes it. And finally, this the, the third time when we get it there, it's an election year, and now she wants to sign it. Right. And take credit for it. And take credit for it. And yeah. then campaign on it, saying that she's the one that paraded this. It's Absolutely. unbelievable. We're talking with Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader, House District Number 100 here in the Wichita area. On the Schmidt side, he's run, I think, a very good campaign. I mean, obviously, the Kelly administration has gotten a lot of money from outside of the state and from D.C. Had individuals and Democrats there desperate to keep her in charge. The polls look really close going into the last week or so here. Uh, your thoughts on the governor's race right now and with Derek Schmidt doing the last big push around this area here in the next few days. I mean, are you optimistic? Do you think that we can get the Republican governor in? I'm absolutely optimistic, Andy. And the reason why I am is as I walk my district and as I talk to folks out there, not just here in our district, but but across the state, uh, I think there's there's this hesitation to let anybody know what they're actually going to do when yeah. it comes to the, uh, the, the, the vote. And so I think there's this big, huge group of people out there that haven't let anybody know, and they're going to show up on election day, and they're going to vote for Derek Schmidt, and we're going to win, and we're going to win big. I think that it looks right now it's very close, but I don't think the polling is actually correct. Mm. Uh, I think that the polling is, is, is not sampling the Republicans quite well enough, and I think there's Republicans out there that aren't telling who they're going to vote for. But election day they will. They'll go in and they'll pull, they'll pull that lever, and they're going to pull it for Derek Schmidt, and Derek Schmidt's going to win. Now, is it going to be a big win? It's probably going to be within three or four points. Sure. It's not going to be a massive one. Um, well, but we I could do see think, that big W. But yeah. I do think it doesn't, as long as we win, that's what's important because then you're going to have a governor that's going to work with the legislature. I talk with Derek Schmidt every single week uh, of the last six months of this campaign. Sure. Uh, and, and and I can tell you, he is going to be there, unlike Laura Kelly, who we never see. Yeah. You never see her out walking the halls. You never see her outside of her office. Heck, even the Democrats tell me that she won't even talk to them. <laughs> I mean, she just hides. She hides in her office. Derek Schmidt's going to be a guy that's going to be out there talking to people all the time. And, and, and he's going to get things done because he's going to be working with a legislature that can get things done. Yeah. Is there any cause for concern? Dennis Pyle has come up a few points in the polls as well. It's floating right around 5%, at least according to the polls that we talked about, however accurate they are, may or may not be. Is that a cause for concern in the election? It's a, you know, I, th- I, think, I think it's always cause for concern when you have a person out there that his sole purpose of running in the general election as an independent is to get Derek Schmidt. Mm-hmm. If, he wanted to, if he wanted to run, he could have run in a primary. Yeah. Why did he not run he in a primary? He was a Republican. Yeah, he was a Republican. Why did he not want to run in a primary? Because he knew he couldn't win, and he knew he couldn't hurt Derek. His sole purpose out there is to be the spoiler. And anybody that doesn't understand that, that a vote for, for Dennis Pyle is a vote for Laura Kelly, 
they're missing the boat because that's exactly what's happening here. Why do you think the Democrat organization in California is doing radio ads in Wichita and across this state for Dennis Pyle? A Democrat organization is doing that. Why would they do that? Because they want Laura Kelly to win. And they know a vote for Dennis Pyle is a vote for Laura Kelly. It's the disruptor. It really is. Uh, we got a few minutes left here. We're talking with Dan Hawkins. Let's move past the election. Let's say we get our 90 people in the House, which would be amazing. We have the Republican Governor Derek Schmidt going into legislative session of 2023. Uh, from your mind as House Majority Leader, what's the first on the agenda? What do you guys want to tackle? Well, there's actually many things we want to tackle. And what we're what what uh, the Senate President Ty Masters and I Masterson and I are working on right now is a first 30 days. We don't have 100 days to work with right. in the legislature like the president does or the governor <laughs> does. We have the first 30 days. Yeah. And so we're working on uh, on coming up with with three big items. That one, three will start on the House side, three will start on the Senate side, and we're going to get those passed and on the governor's desk within the first 30 days. There are going to be some things that are are – Current governor Laura Kelly vetoed, for instance, fairness in women's sports. Yeah, that'll be one of the first things up on the House side. We're gonna have we're gonna have the Parents' Bill of Rights back. Uh, we're gonna look. We're gonna really work on on a plan for parents to be more involved in their children's education and to decide where those children and how those children are going to be educated. So sure. those are the first big thing things on the the House side. In addition to that, there's going to be three on the Senate. The Senate's going to be working on tax bill, uh, the, uh, 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 a, a tax bill that's going to help all of the people of Kansas. Right, actually lower taxes for everybody. That's right. Yeah, that be not nice? just not just a food sales tax, but something <laughs> that's really significant. Yeah, they're going to work on election. Um, so so there's still some things that we need to do for our election to make Kansas the best state when it comes to election security and integrity. Sure. And we're going to we're gonna have a bill that will do that. Um, he's still working on his third bill. Not sure exactly what that's going to be yet, but we'll see how that, you know, what percolates up there. Sure. And then there's a whole lot of other stuff. Yeah, you guys have Some, a laundry list of things that we, I know you want to tackle. We do. You know, one of the things that's really kind of surprised me as I've went across the state is the amount of time spent listening to people about our water. Mm. Now, that's not a sexy subject. It's yeah. not something that people talk about in the press. It is when we run out of water. It is. And, <laughs> and and it's just as important for Wichita as it is for our rural Kansas. So that's going to be an issue out there. There's going to continue to be, um, you know, stuff come up for, from the economic development standpoint. We're going to have to continue to work on that because we need to bring more people into this state. We need to grow our state. We need to grow our 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 population you know the biggest the biggest uh group leaving the state is retired folks people hit 65 they retire they go to texas or florida or arizona they go to low tax states sure and so Derek schmidt has a a plan and quite frankly i like his plan uh that we do away with the tax the state tax on social security we do away with state tax on pension plans distributions and uh, 401k distributions so people can stay here. They don't need to leave to go to another state. Right. Uh, so we're going to be working on that. That's going to be something that's going to be worked on very, very quickly. We have a lot of big things that's going to be good for this state. It, we just have to get not only a, a legislature that will that will do it, which we we're going to have that. Yep. But a but a governor 
who is going to be with us and work with us to make sure these things happen, and that's Derek Schmidt. Wouldn't it be nice to be able to work on a bill, actually get it to the governor's desk, and not have to worry about the second round of a veto override, but just know that it's done, it's going to be stamped, you can actually get some stuff done. It might actually be a productive session this year. I think it'll be a very productive <laughs> session, and I think you will see good news consistently coming out of Topeka once we have this election over, we start into session next year, and we start into session with Derek Schmidt. You yeah. can't tell that I really love Derek Schmidt, can hey, you? I, no, not at all. Not I love at all. Him. He's I, a great guy. You know, from the times that we've had him on the air every every month talking about attorney general issues, he's a fantastic guy. I've loved being able to meet him the few times that I have as well, and I'm excited as well to have him as governor. We got just about a minute. Last question for you on this one, but I know that right now the on the ballot as well as the retention of the Supreme Court justices. Uh, which I, I've been telling everybody to not retain except for the one individual. But is there a discussion or can we at least start having a discussion on the way we actually nominate our Supreme Court justices to not be in the boat that we're in with the nominees that we have currently? Yeah, and we've got to continue to work on that situation currently. It's, it's not – we're an anomaly. We're an sure. anomaly in the United States how we select Supreme Court justices. You know, there's 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 been bills in the past to change the federal model. There's been bills to to uh, go to a direct election. Uh, we're going to continue to work on that, and I think you'll see something come out of the legislature. That's got to be a constitutional amendment, though. That means that the people will vote. Yep. So what we will be doing is giving the people, the people of Kansas, the ability to vote on how they want their Supreme Court justices elected. Wouldn't that be nice? I love it. It's Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader, District Number 100 here in the Wichita area. Dan, good luck with your campaigns. Good luck with the election. And I'm excited to talk with you afterwards when we have a Republican governor and a massive amount of Republicans going up to Topeka. Yeah, let's make it a week from now and we'll see how this uh, it looks then. I think we're going to be pretty happy. I think so as well. I appreciate that. We'll do take a break here, wrap up hour number one right here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker, KQAM. Stay All right, here. there it is out Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader, District Number 100. We appreciate his time very much. He's up in Topeka today. We sat down with him just a couple of days ago as he's getting ready for Election Day. Can you sense the optimism from him in that conversation where we're going to win these seats in the House of Representatives? We need to get Derek Schmidt in there as governor. We need the down-ballot tickets Republican across the board as well. Fighting the legal battles with the Attorney General and Chris Kobach, getting the uh, finances back on track with the state treasurer, having the Republicans unite, and that's been one thing that's been a challenge in this state for a long time, is uniting as a Republican Party because there's so many different franchise, different groups within the Republican Party, which I get. I get it. We're the limited, individual, free-thinking, wicked, wild thinkers here on the party. I understand but let's unite a little bit and make sure this ticket happens. I'm excited. It sounds like Dan's excited, and we're going to have a lot of good stuff going on. When we come back, right around the corner, we have our top of the hour news. State Representative Patrick Penn, he'll be in studio along with bringing an election down to the local level as well. Ryan Beatty, candidate for Cedric County Commission, he'll be in studio with us as well. We're tag teaming it. We got the roundtable going on here for the last episode of Candace Talk before Election Day. It's Candace Talk. It's Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQAM. Lots more coming up. Stay here. Unfiltered. Broadcasting live from West Wichita in the KQAM studios. It's time for your weekend kickstart with Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. 
This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. It is our number two of Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talker, 1480 KQM, your number one local conservative talk radio show, dominating it here in South Central Kansas. We love you guys to death. Welcome into the show. Happy Saturday, getting you up and moving for another day. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK if you want to join into the program. Love to hear from you. Just got done chatting with Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader, in the last half hour of the program. Solid content there. Have you voted? The early voting numbers are exciting, yet a little bit concerning. According to the Secretary of State's office, 154,000 advanced mail-in ballots were sent to Kansas voters across the state. 91,000 have been returned. And the breakdown of those, according to the Secretary of State's office from yesterday, 44,000 Democrat, 35,000 Republican, 300 Libertarian, and 11,000 unaffiliated voters. Is that a cause for concern with Democrats showing up early, at least for the mail-in ballots? We're also seeing major turnout in person as well. What does that mean for the state? And are we ready for this red wave, not just nationally, but here in the state of Kansas as well? I want to tell you about my friends real quick over at Napoleon Appliance Repair, Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. Check them out on Facebook. Also give them a call at 316-409-1525. Great partners here on KQEM. Great partners with us here on Kansas Talk. We had Mike in last week talking about appliance repair. Don't go out and just buy the brand new appliance because something breaks down on it. Especially with inflation today, hell no, ain't going to do that. So go out, get it repaired, get it fixed. Those guys can help you out. They have years of experience. They can help you out with any model, any year. It's great stuff. We love those guys to death. Napoleon Appliance Repair, LLC. All right, we have two awesome guests in studio here. I don't want to waste any time as we do more of our election coverage. It's time to meet the candidate. The government works for us, not the other way around. Elections 2022. And we're going to start off here with our state representative in the Wichita area here real quick from district number 85. It's been a while since we haven't had him in studio, but I had to ask him for the last show before election day because he riles everybody up. He gets them <laughs> fired up and he's the one that's going to get you out to turn out. If you don't listen to me to go out and vote, just listen to this guy, Representative Patrick Penn. What's going on, brother? How you What's doing? What's going on, brother? How you doing? It is great to have you back in studio. How are you feeling? Excellent. We're blessed. We're highly flavored. And I tell you what, we are ready for this red wave this red tsunami i got my surfboard all waxed up Ooh, you're ready for it it's gonna be good now you've been all over the state we're gonna talk about that in just a bit but are yeah. you feeling confident for what you've seen statewide absolutely we have some amazing candidates out there we'll get into it but i'm gonna let you know right now the people want hope and the people want results not rhetoric and that's what the republicans are bringing it's what it's all about i love it also we're gonna bring the elections back to the local front here as well which is just as important if not more important because we have to change things on the local level here especially with the, the the individual that's currently in office, let's just put it that way, as a candidate for Cedric County Commission, excited to have back in studio with us here, Mr. Ryan Beatty. Ryan, how are you, my friend? I'm good. Good to be with you, Andy. Good to be with you, Patrick, hey, my man. Right. Yeah, good to see you guys. Yeah. We'll have a good chat today. Yeah, I'm glad you guys were able to come in together because I know you guys have been working a lot together and trying to get this going. Uh, I've been watching the campaign tactics from your opponent, from Lacey Cruz, and it sounds like she just wants to write songs and put them on Facebook, and that's apparently going to rally people to go and vote. Is that is that about did I sum that well, up? Well, right? what we've seen <laughs> broadly, not just from Commissioner Cruz's camp, but broadly in the Democratic Party is a lack of a plan. Yeah. And, and they're playing they're playing defense right now. And I think everybody senses that. And and rightfully so. If you look not just from a macro level, what's happened uh, nationally in the government, but look what's happening in the state. Look what's happening locally, our economy, the lack of stability, and particularly in county government, yeah. uh, the lack of a really con- co- cohesive and a modernized mental health strategy, and, and ultimately the lack of 
any relational capital, when the Democrat walks into the room, particularly Lacey Cruz, when she walks in the room to really move the needle to collaborate and bring something to the table that can deliver results for people in our district. So, again, Democrats are playing defense right now. And and what we have to do and what I appreciate so much about what Patrick Penn has done is present a plan that will really rally hope. Yeah, it's almost like our very own commitment to America, but our commitment to Sedgwick County and to Kansas is what you guys have been doing, which is really nice. I have noticed the lack of um, structure in the Democrat campaign. First off, there are numerous different state rep seats around here that don't even have a Democrat challenger, which blew my mind because they usually like to make us spend money uh, just to at least defend certain seats. Then for yard signs, first off, I don't see nearly as many yard signs around, not just, I mean, you've been around the state. Have you seen, is it the same thing statewide? Well, it is, Andy, and I didn't tell you why that is. It's because of Democrats, and they broke our economy because of the- (laughs) They can't afford their own yard signs. I'm telling you, it's supply chain (laughs) issues. I mean, we got Ryan here as a small business owner. He'll tell you. Pete Buttigieg is is, you know, running all over the place, you know, auditioning to be the uh, the next vice president, and he can't do the job that he's currently in. Yeah. We already see that Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Joe Biden, Laura Kelly, every single one of them don't have a plan. All they have are problems mm-hmm. without solutions. And because of that, they can't even get the paper to do their yard signs. They keep yanking mine up, though. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of them keep disappearing for some reason. But, yeah, I don't see a lot of yard signs. But I have seen just the last push of the last maybe couple of days of, oh, the few yard signs I was able to get, I'm going to put them out now. That's just interesting to me. Uh, by the way, I've got to tell you the story as well. I've called the Democrat headquarters here in Wichita a couple about a week or two ago. Why would you do that? Uh, well, okay, so I wanted to see, I wanted to get the feel on how busy they were, and I was going to see if they had any Laura Kelly, uh, Laura Kelly yard signs because I hadn't seen any around here at that time. So I called them. There was one person that was there working, and they asked if I could bring them a bag of chips because they were hungry. Mm. That was that was the their man. That's quite a campaign the, push. <laughs> hey, yeah, you can. I guess you can come and do that. But can you help out and can you bring me a bag of chips? Yeah, that sounds about par for the course when it comes to uh, that particular <laughs> side of the house. Hey, uh, I I just want you to help me out because I can't help myself. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you what. Not only have you not seen Laura Kelly signs here, you haven't seen our four by eights. You haven't seen Laura Kelly here either. Mm. The, uh, last weekend we had the opportunity to go down and be blessed uh, to be in attendance at the 101st NAACP for the uh, Wichita branch, uh, their Freedom Fund banquet. Sure. And I'm gonna let you know. I can tell you. And I, you, you know from the record, I went down to uh, the county commission and I called Lacey Cruz out for her racism to her face. Now, she said that it was, you know, something on the, a spot on the ceiling was looking really, really important to her. She wouldn't lock eyes with me, but I have no problem letting her know she gets no pass from the black community for that racism that she did in that bar. You can't do this backhanded uh, calling a black girl, a black woman or anybody black. Uh, what did she call her? Uh, Sheena, Queen of the Jungle. Yeah. Okay, so we're not doing jungle bunnies. We're not doing jungle monkeys. We're not doing any of that. We saw it exactly for what it was. We told her exactly to her face that she was wrong. But I thought she was the party of tolerance. Well, it, it, she, wow, wow. <laughs> so bottom line, bottom line up front, everybody knows. Remember, that this that, is radio. This is FCC uh, regulated. I here. got you. So that's why I'm, I'm tempering myself. But that, that, that party is the party that cr- created the KKK. That was the party mm-hmm. that was voting against the Civil Rights Act. That was the party that gave us all of those types of harrowing things. So she's, again, par for the course. What I would say is, is that if you don't have the right reputation, you can't establish the right relationships. Yeah. And if you can't establish the right relationships, you cannot get results for the people. 
That is why Lacey Cruz must go. That is why voters need to vote for Ryan Beatty. Mm. Amen to that. Ryan, from what you've seen, obviously, to going around the campaign, going around the district, talking to people, I mean, I've heard from the commissioners that have a hard time working with her because she's just out there doing her own thing and not working with the rest of the unit to actually be productive for the community. But businesses, voters, people that you're talking to on the streets, have you heard the same thing from them? Of yeah. Just like, what is she doing? Yeah, we actually coined a phrase in our campaign called relational capital. And when we go around and we talk to people and we have debates or forums or any media meeting or any sort of an event, we talk about the lack of relational capital right now for District 4 at the County Commission. And, and this is how this tangibly impacts people that live in my district, is we are not at the table. Sure, District 4 is the heart of many of the crises that we're experiencing in this community right now. And our representative can't get in the room and get to three votes, which is what it takes at the County Commission even accomplish. You can't do that because you can't go on social media every week and, and, and discredit current county commissioners and personally attack them, yeah. your colleagues. Even the the other Democrat, the minority Democrat, Sarah Lopez, that's on the county commission, even that relationship is fractured, okay? I so, thought they were best buds for a while, but that yeah, didn't turn out to be the case. Fractured relationship, and Sarah's done a good job in in, in what she's been, in what she's tried to accomplish there so far. She's going to be easy to govern with. She, she's been very friendly to me, very supportive of me. Um, she's very reasonable. Yeah. Um, and so Lacey's on an island, and District 4 is on an island. That, that manifests itself over to the nonprofit community, into the business community, into the staff, into the city relationships with city administrators and mayors. The 20 cities in Sidgwick County, District 4 is on an island. Our current commissioner has no relational capital. She's bankrupt in that department. And we've got to put someone in the seat. I'm asking to be in the seat to help move the issues forward, to finally make progress in District 4. Yeah, amen to that. Amen. Uh, Patrick, looking out a little bit further than that, I mean, obviously these issues that are happening within that district of the Sedgwick County are things that are happening in other places in the state as well. How important is that to focus on those as we go into election and see a red wave in the legislature? I think, Andy, I think uh, thanks for the question. I think that is huge because right now the people are looking for hope. I think that's the biggest deficit that we have. We have 401ks down. We have cupboards that are empty. We have no baby food and formula on the shelves. But the thing that people are really, really hurting for is a sense of hope that what's going to be happening for the next two years as we run into 2024 is going to be better than the last two years. It's going to be better than the last four years. No. So I would say that because of the Democrats right now and their policies, everything's pretty grim, right? Yeah. Uh, and people are looking for that sense of hope. We need to have a kickstart and a comeback after mm-hmm. Joe Biden's uh, debacles that he did uh, with COVID and, 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 and the, the shutdowns that Laura Kelly did on two thirds of our businesses here. We need to have that comeback. We need to make it not only for our country, but also for the state of Kansas. And people are ready for that, Andy. Yeah. They are ready for that. They're focused on electing folk. And I've been out there on the trail. You see from the videos and everything on Facebook It's three things. It's very simple. Three E's. They want educational choice and freedom. They want to make sure that they are in charge of the kids' education, that the parents are in the driver's seat because our kids belong to the parents, Mm. not to the state. They want to make sure that they have employment opportunities. They want to make sure that they have more check at the end of the month than month at the end of the check. That is a big problem that we have. And the last thing I would say, Andy, is that they want to have the opportunity for economic development, both inside their neighborhoods, but for the state as a whole. We want to be able to attract and retain and keep talent here. We want those businesses to come here because we want lower talent taxes, but more taxpayers. And we can't do that when people don't have the relational capital, when people don't have the credibility, when we know good and well by looking at their record of 
axing the food sales tax. Why is she running around with a hatchet calling in an axe? <laughs> Stalking people in the grocery store. You man. understand what I'm yeah. saying to you? <laughs> so anyway, she vetoed it twice, and now all of a sudden she's taking credit for everything great that the Republicans do. But I'm telling you, I've been in Lawrence. I've been in Topeka. I've been knocking it all around Olathe. I've been all over, uh, you know, down here in, in our area. I've been to Hutchinson uh, as of yesterday. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to tell you. Every single doorstep that we're on, all of our great candidates, that is what the people are saying. And they're saying, run, right. go. We have already voted for you. We will vote for you. Man, I'm excited. Yeah, Make it happen. Yeah, let's take a break here real quick. When we come back, I want to talk about the economic issues for a second. Get both of your thoughts on what you've heard on the streets with inflation, with the economy, and how we can kind of turn that thing around at the state level. Obviously, we have a lot of work to do to try and fight off what the federal government's doing, but I think we can at least set a tone here in the state. So we'll do that when we come back. It is Patrick Penn, State Representative, Ryan Beatty, candidate for Cedric County Commission. We've got a heck of a show lined up as we try and get you set for elections. Have you turned out? Are you concerned about the early voting? Who's turning out? Is it the right or the left? We'll do all that when we come back here 19 minutes past the hour. It's Kansas Talk right here on Wichita's Big Talk with KQAM. Into the program, 22 minutes past the hour, hanging out here on Candace Talk on Wichita's Big Talker, KQAM, 1480 on the AM dial. Thanks for hanging out with us today, talking with some candidates getting ready for election season. Patrick Penn, Ryan Beatty in studio here as they're out campaigning. You guys, you guys are already at events this morning, doing stuff, knocking on doors, talking to people. It is, we are just days away from this election. I think the excitement, I think the energy is up. I, I don't know exactly what the enthusiasm would be for Democrats turnout other than the I hate the other side, so I'm going to make sure they don't get in. That's the only thing they have, isn't it? Because as we talk about the economy, we're still up 9% inflation. We've seen four or five different interest rate hikes right now, which is not helping out. You know, let's just price people out of the market that they already can't afford. Gas prices are sky high. Energy prices are going to be up sky high. And the only plan for Democrats are, well, let's send you a bailout check to help you out with your utility bills like that doesn't make any sense is that what we're hearing on the streets as well what you guys are hearing on the campaign trail yeah absolutely i'll, I'll take a first whack at that one right there thanks andy and not only are we hearing that those are some of the issues the kitchen table economics uh people can't figure out how to make that family budget stretch and they're looking at as uh you know dark brandon called it the cold hard winter yeah that's coming mm. that's coming because this guy has three different national security crises going on at the same time we talked about the afghan debacle uh, and, and how that allowed a terrorist playground to be over in Afghanistan. And now those guys, as we know from the open southern border, they just get their diplomat certificate, toss their cap up in the air in Afghanistan, come all the way over to our southern border, get with the coyotes and come straight into mm. our interior. Not only that, they also have, you know, fentanyl and everything coming in as well into our community. So people are up in arms about those types of things happening, but they also don't like the idea and the, and the concept, going back to the third natural uh, uh, national security crisis, where you know, we have this total depletion, a 40-year record, 40-year low yeah. of our strategic petroleum reserve. Yeah. Uh, and that let's just the, release more of it, right? Let's yeah. just release more of it. Right. And, and people, and people they, they're, they're seeing the handwriting on the wall, and they are, are understanding that there's a malaise going on and that the Democrat policies are not woke, working. They're woke, but they're not focused. Mm. They're woke, but they're not focused. And these things are actually matriculating into people having uh, significant angst. 
yeah. with their economic situation in the t- sense that they are willing to listen to Republicans. And I'm talking about unaffiliated. Yeah. I'm talking about Democrats. We've knocked thousands <clears throat> of doors. And I'm telling you right now, people are saying we are open to what you're talking about. Yeah. Sure. It's what it's about. I mean, you're a business owner, Ryan. I mean, you you've talked to businesses and you're you're soon to be district, hopefully. But just as a business owner and seeing the economy, I mean, yeah. this is this is tough for everyone. Yeah. Andy and Patrick's drilling it, honestly, is when we go door to door, almost universally, the conversation comes back to economics mm. is when people are feeling the pinch or feeling the squeeze, particularly those when the county side of things where we really see this is at the property tax level. We're on consecutive years of rising property tax levels. Yeah. This disproportionately impacts small business owners, those on fixed income, uh, those working class families. And here's what people demand from their political representatives is solutions, ideas. And what I'm grateful for is we actually are a party uh, in the state and on the local level that has plans, has yeah. ideas. Yeah. I can We can talk about, hey, we need to have attractive and reasonable tax policy in order to attract business, retain right. business. we got to talk about workforce uh, pipelines, uh, leaning into community partners like WSU Tech, uh, KU, and, and Wichita State. We've got to lean into our vocational schools and, our, and even our labor trade union uh, uh, facilities. We've got to lean into these partners. We've got to lean into our 20 cities in Sedgwick County. Yeah. Uh, and, and the county on my end, the county has to be conduit, not catalyst, and support what they're doing there. Right. So all these things matter. We are the party. We are the generation of ideas. It's not about talking points anymore. It's about these are the ideas. Here's how we're executing. And when we're in office, it's about delivering. We've got to deliver to people. This is a consequential, a pivotal time. uh, And and for our generation in this community, we've got to deliver. We've got to take a stand. We've got to contend for the principles that will bring health to this community. Do you think that's been one of the big obstacles of the Republican Party in general? At the federal level, that seems to be the frustration is Republicans get in power. I mean, look at the early parts of Trump's administration. We had both the House. We had the Senate. We had the presidency. Nothing got done except for one tax break from Trump that he pushed. and, And we had to compromise quite a bit on that one. But the Republican Party seemed to sabotage itself. There's a lot of trust issues within the Republican Party because we're good at campaigning saying look at how bad the other side's doing but when we get in there yeah. it seems like we struggle to actually be productive yeah yeah well I, I would agree with that and, and you know Ryan was just hitting it he's batting three three million right there uh, I will tell you that we saw from the Fed side of the house right uh, the 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 uh, the commitment with America plan that they've pushed out. And I love every one of those points that they have. We've talked to a lot of our federal partners as well, Congressman Estes, uh, Senator uh, Moran, Senator Marshall, uh, the entire team. And everyone is aligned and understanding exactly not only what's going on at the federal level, but at the state level as well, which is one of our most important conduits of government. And people, you know, don't understand that. But this is the, the state created and carved out the county seats. Right. The state went and consolidated uh, uh, power to give it to the federal government and put that cage around it called the Constitution. So we believe in that limited government. We believe in sending the majority of the power back to the people at the lowest level. This is why we need good partners like Ryan Beatty working with us in these seats to get results for the people. I will tell you uh, not only that, but a part of the agenda for the state uh, for the state house, uh, the Republicans in the state house, we're pushing that out as our 100 days piece with Derek Schmidt. Uh, we also want to give property tax relief and uh, retirement relief for mm-hmm. our uh, retirees who have, you know, 
private uh, pensions, if you will. Yeah. Right now, Lori Kelly is taxing the wazoo out of everyone. When she gets a surplus, then she comes back to you and says, hey, um, how about I take some of this money that I overburdened you for, <laughs> and I'm going to give $250 to every individual, $500 yeah. to every uh, household, and I just want you to vote for me. Well, what Republicans did, we went back and we said, hold on, how about we do things that are smart like Andy Hoosier and his listeners over here do? We will actually pay down our debt. We will actually uh, you know, buttress up the capers because we made those promises and we're going to keep those commitments. And we're going to stack money away for the rainy day fund for the state because inflation is coming. You remember the Democrats said, what was it? Transitory inflation is not a yeah, real thing. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. And yeah. it's because of COVID and it's because of Ukraine. It's not our fault. We it's didn't not do anything. Fault. It's all supply chain issues there they you did. Go. Got to take a break here. Bottom of the hour news real quick. It's Patrick Penn. It's Ryan Beatty. When we come back, one more segment with these guys. We'll talk about the rest of getting out the vote. The excitement of turning out to vote on Tuesday. What could we see? We'll break that down with our predictions when we come back. Plus, your phone calls as well at 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Right here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQA. Wichita's number one conservative talk radio host. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back in. Last half hour on the home stretch here, the last episode before Election Day for a Tuesday. Great to have you along for the ride today. Uh, Michael Brown with the weekend coming up at 11 o'clock here on KQAM. Based out of 630K How in Denver, Colorado. Great guy. My internships in Denver, I got to meet him a couple of times. Really cool guy, really great show. You look forward to that one coming up at 11 o'clock. Right now, we are talking Candace elections, 316-721-8255. I want to tell you about my friends over at Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Make sure to check them out online as well at philscoins.com. They are open today until 2.30 this afternoon. We'll get Phil Martinez back on the program here in a couple of weeks as well and get an update for all the gold and silver markets and if you are looking for silver like he's about the only place you can get it because everybody else is sold out and a six to eight week wait for your silver can you imagine that should be a sign as well about how the economy is doing right now craziness right now we're talking though with patrick penn ryan Beatty, said to said county commission candidate and state representative uh all right patrick i gotta ask you this one yeah as we go into elections the big one obviously is the governor's race right now mm-hmm. We ran the story and saw the story yesterday that the big ads running for the independent Dennis Pyle, majoritively funded through a Democrat legal firm out of Washington, D.C. My take from that is the fact that Laura Kelly's probably capped out at her support in the state. They aren't winning, so they have to chip away at Derek Schmidt from another option, which is support the conservative alternative that's going to split the Republican vote. Is that what you're hearing as well? And how important is it as a representative who has to, quote unquote, work with the governor is it to have this Republican governor in office after Tuesday? Oh, that's a, that's a fantastic question. And that's just what you just described are the usual partisan politic games that we see coming from the other side of the aisle. That's yeah. the bottom line up front. If you can't stand on your own record and have the people vote for you, you must stand on the neck of someone else. And that diminishes you. And I'm talking to you, Governor Kelly. What you see with uh, Dennis Pyle and I mean, the guy's an independent. He's not even a Republican. So please, if you're a Republican, don't vote for Dennis Pyle. I'll say it just <laughs> like that. He's not a Republican. He, that pile of Democrats who are colluding together 
that pile of Democrats who are colluding together with Hillary Clinton and Laura Kelly, that's exactly what you see happening right now. They can't move the needle in their own base. So what they have to do is go and diminish someone else who is actually rocking it. So when we see everything that Laura Kelly has stood for, all of the wokeism that she has, you know, just unleashed on the state of Kansas in an effort to make us New York with those New York liberal types of tendencies that she has. The problem that we have is that's not Kansas vision. That's not Kansas value system. So I need everybody to get out there and vote Republican. Why is it important to us in the state house? As we just talked about, we want to bring you tax relief. Uh, she has stood in the way of that over her entire tenure. Uh, if we get Derek in there, we can actually get some things done for the people of Kansas. How often does she work with you in the legislature? Work with who? I mean, I heard the stories about Governor Brownback where everybody had his cell phone number. He'd know everybody by first name. He worked with everybody pretty close. I mean, where's where's Governor Kelly on that? Yeah. 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 Well, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. This is one. I'll, I'll speak on that, which I know. OK, I see her suburban come up. I see the people whisker in and out and I see her, you know, hobble away, you know, ensconced away and, and not wanting to talk to anyone. I do know that um, there's an opportunity with something called the Kansas African-American Affairs Commission. Right. And uh, every governor prior and I'm talking about Brownback, I'm talking about Collier. I'm, I'm even talking about uh, Kelly, as a matter of fact, had uh, an executive director there that they talked to and had a standing lunch meeting with once a week. Mm. A new person got in there that one of her appointees, a political appointee, and she won't even talk to him at all. Uh, for the past 18 months, they can count six times that they've actually been on the schedule to interface with the governor, with the black community. This is the conduit that we've set up in legislation, you know, to to, st- to be to able talk, to communicate with the governor, to yeah. be able to have the governor talk to the black community. Yeah. They take us for granted is what I'm telling you. That's what I'm trying to say to you. They take us for granted. They take the vote for granted. They take the 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 vision. They take the 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 future, the hopes of the black community for granted. And it's not right. And all I'm saying to you is if you want to understand exactly how and who Laura Kelly is, just look at what she's done for the black community. Mm. Crickets. Well, yeah, I mean. She wasn't there at the NAACP uh, banquet that we went to last week. You see, it was not important. Who was there? One of the things that I understand in the military is called flagpole operations. Wherever the general is, that's where the flag is uh, planted. That is the most important location on the entire battlefield. If the general is there, presence means everything. Mm. Laura Kelly was not in the black community. Let me tell you who was there. Derek Schmidt was there. Tip to tail before the reception hour started and long after the event ended, still taking pictures and being asked to jump in pictures. Ryan Beatty was there. Ryan Beatty was there before the event started in the reception hour and long after everything concluded, still being asked to take pictures. You know who else wasn't there? Lacey Cruz. Couldn't be found. I wonder it's because she's out there calling somebody else Shaniqua. <laughs> well, it very well could be. Now, speaking of, obviously, you're looking to represent the Cedric County District that is in the Northern District of Wichita in that area. That's a very minority community, isn't it? I mean, we have the large Hispanic community there. You have other quote-unquote minorities. Yeah. I mean, what is their feel right now, and are they seeing the difference sure. on who's showing up to these things and actually wanting to be yeah. part of that community? Yeah, great question. District 4 is the most diverse county district of all the five county districts. Uh, we have not just downtown Wichita, Old Town, Midtown, uh, the northeast part, with including 67214, as you referenced, the, the, one of the poorest zip codes in the entire state of Kansas. Yeah. The north end, Hispanic and Latino communities. And then we have Mays and Park City Valley Center, Sedgwick, all the rural communities. 
you've got to be able to understand that each of these communities, unique communities, have different needs. And the only way you do that is by being present. The only way you do it is you get in the room. And sometimes these conversations aren't easy. Sometimes they're difficult. Sometimes they're challenging. Sometimes you're moving into spaces that Republicans have not played well in previously. Sure. But that's what we have to do because this is about people. Yeah. This is about valuing people, all people. And if we're going to lift this community and contend for health in this community, then damn it, Republicans got to get in the room. Yeah. We got to get in the room get and in contend spaces, for it. Get in the hard places. We've got to contend for it. And they've got to see you and they've got to feel you and they've got to understand that you care. Not to lecture, not to tell them what your plan is for them, but to listen. Yeah. To listen and to get in the room side by side and said, I've got your back. I'll contend for you. I'll do the very best that I well, can. Well, that's the thing. Not to lead in front of them, but to walk beside them, which yes. we're seeing the trend. We're seeing how Democrats are starting to uh, crumble when it comes to their base, which is the minority community. Because, I mean, look at Myra Flores down in Texas. Look at so many Hispanics that are saying, we're done with the Democrats. They're not doing what they said they were going to do. We've been lied. They want secure borders at the southern border because they don't want the cartels that's why they left those areas was to get away from the corruption and the cartels and the crime and the drugs and everything and now it's coming up here they want this stuff republicans just have to do their part in reaching out and saying we're here for you and guess what conservative ideals of individual liberty of individual success of opportunity not equal outcome but equal opportunity when we preach that everybody's on board. We just have to get that message out. That's it. That's exactly. We have not done a good enough job historically of communicating the principles that matter. And there's a generation of conservatism coming and, and this, and we're going to contend for these people and we're going to contend for the principles that will bring liberty and freedom and prosperity for all people in this community. We're going to contend for it. getting the hell out of their way. We're going to contend, man. We're going to do this and we're going to do this in a way that resonates with people. And I would, I would, uh, boy, you guys are preaching in here today. I I was about to start passing the Election plate and everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I was about to amen it over here. I am the amen corner. But what you're saying is spot on. As we were saying before, it's presence. It's the flagpole operations. It's it's getting out of the comfort zone and getting into the hard spaces and the hard places. When you have that type of courage, people see your conviction. And if your conviction is for them, if they are your agenda, not your agenda being your agenda, but the people being your agenda, they see that. It resonates. They can tell the integrity is there. The problem that we have is all of the rhetoric that comes from the Democrats. Mm. And I'm not just talking about in the black community or the Hispanic community. I'm talking about across America. in general. In general. A lot of law. Lofty rhetoric, but the results are just horrible. Well, come so, on. We are labeled as the most radical domestic terrorist organization or most radical political organization in the history, right? The man. MAGA, the Trump supporters, the Republicans oh. in general. Yeah. Well, I tell yeah. you what, uh, put me on the T-shirt then. Here we go. <laughs> so <laughs> just go I ahead. I am ultra mad. <laughs> you know, go ahead. Put my face on the T-shirt. I will tell you one other thing. Uh like I was saying about that NAACP deal, which is a big, big deal. Yes. Okay, it's a big deal across yeah. Kansas because you know Republicans are standing tall and they're 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 saying, "Hey, straight up, yep. I'm looking you in your eye and I see you as a man and as a woman. I don't see you as a vote or as a a block or a monolith. I see you as an individual that has value and worth as endowed into you." By the creator himself. And it's not a difference of, of, of how I'm going to approach you or have a program for you or you have a problem and I'm here to fix you or pat you on the head like a puppy. What I am here to do te- is, is tell you, I see you as a human being. I see you as a partner and I'm going to wor- walk alongside you and work with you. I'm not going to talk down to you and I'm damn sure not going to sit here and tell you that if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. So the problem that I have right now is that I need all of my Republicans. Yeah. I need all of my Republicans. I need all of my unaffiliated. I need all of my Democrats. I need all of my people who have never even gotten up and thought 
to go and vote. I need you to get up. Get up. I need you to take 10 people with you. I need you to go call somebody that you know that might not have a ride. And y'all get a carpool together. And those 10 people take 10 more people. And you need to go vote Republican now every, every single election, but now more than ever, November 8th. I need you to vote for guys like Ryan Beatty. I need you to vote for guys like Derek Schmidt and Chris Kobach and Steve Johnson. I need you to vote for Ron Estes and Jerry Moran. I want you to vote Republican. And I'm sorry, Andy, I know you want to take a break, but I got to get this out, brother. Hey, you're good. Keep I going. need you to vote Republican up and down the ticket from the White House to the doghouse to the outhouse, because that is the only way that we are going to get back the soul of our communities. Mm. What we need to do is make sure I, I don't care if it's a if it's a tall Republican or a short one. I don't care if it's a skinny one or a fat one. I don't care if it's a, a black one or a white one, a male or a female. I'm going to tell you something right now. We are all about limited government individual freedom and responsibility, free and fair trade and low taxes and making sure that we have traditional family values. That, those are the things that unite us. The things that unite us and pull us together far outstrip and outweigh the things that would divide us. And we have one party who's always trying to wedge us. But Republicans are standing. Here's an example. Education. We hear it all the time on the doorsteps. Yeah. The people understand that the Republican Party supports the parents are awesome teachers because they do the yeoman's work putting on all types of hats to, to uh, help educate and inform and, and get our kids set on the path for success. And they support the students, fully funded education, making sure that the teachers have uh, bonuses and everything out of this pandemic, which Laura Kelly vetoed or wouldn't allow. Uh, Tiny K, early childhood education and reading. She vetoed that one. Why would you do that to little babies trying to read? I mean, but she's the education governor. Um, we see this stuff happening all the time, and people are fed up with it because the wedge is between the teachers' unions and yep. that wokeness, right? Yep. Uh, but we Republicans, we're standing on the side of our students, our parents, and our teachers. And people are seeing that. They're responding well to it. And I just need everybody, please, if you under the sound of my voice, <laughs> I say it again. Get up and vote Republican. I need you to go and vote for Derek Schmidt, for Chris Kobach. I cannot begin to tell you how important that is to have an attorney general who will fight for us and make our lives easier as Kansans and our jobs easier in the state house. who will actually defend the laws that we write. That is why you must vote. I don't care if you agree with him. I don't care if, if, if he votes the way that you wanted him to or operated the way that, uh, that you want him to 600% of the time. You need to have a Republican in there because the, the alternative is unconscionable. Is insane, yeah. Well, and that comes down to I don't want anybody to agree with a politician 100% of the time, but guess what? We can work easier with someone who's actually going to get along and work along with the legislature. La last question for both of you real quickly before we kind of wrap things up. However, uh, COVID-19 restrictions obviously led to a lot of issues, which is why we see issue number mm -hmm. one on the constitutional amendment on the ballot this year. From the state level and from the county level, how do we ensure that we don't lock down businesses again? We make sure that businesses are essential and that mom and pop shops don't get shut down and that we actually get to maintain our freedom to continue to do what we do in case something like that happens again. Yeah, you defend liberty over restriction unanimously all the time. It's not a question. This balance between a healthy economy and healthy people, that's a tough balance to do. But if you do it by, by restriction and mandate and overzealous government overreaching into people's lives, we're paying for that right now. Right now. It's not an option. Yeah. Shutting down businesses and picking and choosing who's essential or non-essential, not only is it not wise policy, it's immoral policy. And it'll never, ever happen if I'm in that seat. 
Absolutely. And, and for us on the state side of the house, I agree with and I echo 6,000 percent what Ryan just said. It comes from the innate sense of who you elected, like we just said, vote Republican, because the Democrats have the idea and the mindset restrict you, govern you, central plan you, you know, just basically treat you like you're a, a kid. And they have every uh, control at their behest in order to ruin your lives. Kansans are tired of Democrats ruining our lives. Kansas has a much brighter future. We started talking about hope. I'm going to end on the same thing. We are hopeful for the future of Kansas. Mm. We know that if we come together and band together here on November 8th, not only will we get the right people elected into these offices, not only can we get a new governor, not only can we get uh, a new attorney general, we can get the right secretary of state, the right treasurer. We can get the local government squared away as well. And we can actually have our comeback. We don't just have to hope. We can do. Yeah. Amen to that. There it is. It's Patrick Penn. It's Ryan Beatty. Good luck on the campaign trail, guys, for the last couple of days. Excited. Uh, real quick, your Three prediction days in a wake on, up. Three days in a wake up. Uh, right across the board. That's what you're seeing. That's, That's what it. you're expecting. Yeah, we believe it. We think believe it's so. It. I appreciate you guys very much. Thanks, Andy. Bless you. Hey, good stuff. All right, we got to take a break here. One more segment. When we come back to wrap up the show for a Saturday, we got a call on the line. We'll get to you when we come back here as well. It is State Representative Patrick Penn. It is Ryan Beatty, candidate for Cedric County Commission right here in the area. Make sure to get out and vote. Make sure to change things up. Let's shift some of these seats. Let's turn things around a little bit. Let's get some stuff going here in the state. What do you say? It's Candace Talk on KQAM. Stay here. Welcome back into the program. we got a few minutes left here as we wrap up the show. The final one before Election Day. As a reminder for you, if you are heading out to the Republican Election Party on Tuesday night, I will be emceeing that one. That'll be a great one. You can go to the Cedric County Republican Party's website and get all the website details there. Congressman Estes hosting that one along with all the local elected officials. Excited to be out. You will hear as well election reports on Tuesday night right here on KQAM from yours truly broadcasting live out there as uh, we give you updates from across the state and some of the election numbers. So if you want to hear some of the numbers, if you want to see what's going on, tune in right here to KQAM. Go out to the party, have some fun, and let's see that red wave come through. we got a little bit of time left. Let's go to the phones here. Line at number one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Andy. It's Nick. Mr. Nick, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, and yourself? Hey, we are living the dream, my friend. Ready to go for Tuesday. Ready to go for Tuesday. Well, just to let all the listeners know, doesn't matter who gets in to any of these offices uh, per se, because once anybody is in elected office, it's still the job of the people to hold them accountable mm -hmm. to them putting their hand up and swearing under oath or affirmation under God that they're going to uh, defend people's natural God-given rights under the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, and the Kansas Republican Party, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but, um, you know, I, public safety is a key component uh, to, uh, and public health is a key component to all legislative conversations. Uh, but these conversations need to be rooted in the documents that I said and cultivated by moral and ethical individual elected representatives yeah. of the state and our republic in order for the outcomes to have posterity. I remain cautiously optimistic, barring a fascist or socialist takeover of our state, that things will work out well in the providence of God, that he will allow the people to remain free in Kansas uh, and, and to be able to grow their children the, the way that they want to, Amen their to food that. and their medicines they want to. And I appreciate you, Andy, every day. 
And uh, and I oh, just pray for our legislators. I pray for the people that you are bet. elected. Nick, I hate and to cut you. You as well, my friend. I hate to cut you off. You're absolutely right. We got to hold them accountable, and we are going to be in a good shape, and we are going to see some lot of good changes moving forward. I appreciate that. Back at it next week. Until then, go and vote. Thanks.